watching us online, I see good attendance. Please share this broadcast right now. We are decoding the Jewish Sidon. Now, a little bit about us, those who want to care, wants to know a little bit about us. I barely spoken about what we are and what do we do, but I am a part of an uh, uh, organization that have two parts to it. One part of it is Avatami organization. That's our parent organization. It's an organization that is focused on reconciliation between Yeshua and Israel. That's in short what we do. It's a reconciliation organization. So we, we do a lot of things like Torah revival all over the world. Have you seen? We've done at this point about 40 of those. We had the privilege of bringing 40 Torah scrolls to 40 communities worldwide and, and seeing God working. We are teaching all over the world. And then uh, we launched Yeshiva Tshuvu that now became the largest Messianic Yeshiva worldwide with roughly 750 students, direct students, and thousands underneath, underneath this network, all in this process of reconciling Israel to the Messiah. Years ago, when I started to go to Messianic congregations, I saw a lot of passion and zeal from people to bring Messiah. But I saw that we are missing as a movement, a tool, a tool to recognize Yeshua, reconcile Yeshua to the house of Israel. So years ago, I wanted to do this project, the Yavat Olam Sidur project, finally, with the hand of God and, and the work of my students, we're able to complete that. Now what this is, is the complete Shabbat Sidur. And I know even here in uh, Bet Adonai, there are some of the prayers that you have that, that you will be familiar with, and there are many that you would not be familiar with. At the end of the day, uh, my Christian sister asked this wonderful question, why would we want to do vain repetition? Uh, and it was not true the way you ask it, not in any way. Shape. But the question, why should we go through a 150-page book to talk to God? This is a good question, actually. It is because this book represents the way Israel connects with God today. And it represents every road sign for the coming of Yeshua. And a matter of fact, the premise that I would like to present to the world today, that Yeshua is found in every prayer. And our guideline for the last days is found in every word of every Jewish prayer. I want to take a short journey with you today. And I want you to think about those two questions. Why decoding the Jewish Siddur through a lens of a Messianic Jews is prophetic step in the redemption? Why this is so significant? At this point, we had a chance to do a worldwide event and in, in, in seeing thousands of people coming and joining in one voice and one heart with us. What is the connection between the Siddur project to the event that we call the fullness of the Gentiles. This is the next things I want to do. And I'm just going to take you through a few examples and introduction. Then we'll take questions. Again, it's available online for those who are watching us. It's available through Avatami. 
And this project now took a life of its own. We released it in the end of May and June in English. Now it's available in Espanol. We just completed last week the Italian, German, Portuguese, all of those Dutch. It's being translated now all over the world because it represents something significant. The desire of the nations to return back home. This question you have to ask yourself, and you know, somebody asked me a question. I hope I don't put you on the spot. You ask a question, should I convert to Judaism? Let me say it clearly. One who is not Jewish should not convert to Judaism. And if your conversion is true conversion through our Orthodox Din, they will ask you to renounce Yeshua. However, you should take a Jewish identity upon yourself. And this is significant, especially as you coming into the house of Israel to take upon yourself this new identity. Remember, we talked today all day about the two lives of Sarah, the two lives of Abraham, the two lives of of, uh, Eliezer. You also need to take upon yourself a new identity. And this new identity needs to be inside the house of Israel. A conversion, not a conversion, a physical conversion, but a higher level conversion. A conversion in the way you look at the world. A conversion in the way you understand the last days. A conversion in the way you view the Jewish people. A conversion in the way you understand the Messiah. Those type of conversions is the conversions that you are after today. So why decoding the Jewish Siddur is the most important thing that you need to do in the last days? Because you are a prophetic people. And this is what, not me, this is what Rav Shaul said. He says, for which God formerly concealed, but has now revealed, so that you won't imagine, you know more than you actually do. It is that stoniness to a degree has come upon Israel. Brothers, I want you to understand the truth until the Gentile walls enter in its fullness. We need to understand what Shaul is speaking about when he's speaking about the fullness. Imagine for a moment a bucket of water. This bucket of water represents the Geulah. It is the Lubavitcher Rebbe explained that the way the Geula come is like a f- drop of a faucet that drop water into a bucket. Drip, drop, drip, drop. It's slowly being filled. That's the way redemption is, right? It's like a birth pain, right? It's like a labor. You don't go to labor and you have the baby one hour later. If you are, you're very, very lucky. There is a problem. You have to dilate, right? And, and so forth. It's, it's a process that has to take place. Now this bucket, when it's become full, it has to spill over. The spilling of the bucket is called the geula. It's called the redemption. It's called the fullness. 
The question that you have to ask yourself, to ask yourself, yourself is who is the bucket belong to? And the bucket belong to Israel because we are speaking about the salvation of Israel, not the salvation of the Gentiles. We're truly speaking about the salvation of Israel. Wouldn't it be lovely if we can take the little drop the dropping in and out, in and out. And then what we're praying for every day. Every day we pray for, especially on the Shabbat, for the Messiah coming. And remember when we talk about Numbers 22 and about the mother bird looking down at the nestling and crying on the nestling. Wouldn't it be nice if we can make the nestling voice a little bit stronger and say, I am here, I am here, I am here. Remember Song of Song, chapter 2, what he says in Hebrew, Hashmieni et kolech, raise your voice, my beloved, let me hear you. Wouldn't it be awesome as Messianic believers if we can make our voice heard today in the heavens? Look with me for a moment in Deuteronomy, chapter 32. This is the last song of Moses, the very last word of Moses in Deuteronomy chapter 32. It's called Azino, who give us. And what does it says? In verse 11. As a soaring eagle, I'm paraphrasing, he is, he is flying. In the heaven is an soaring eagle and he's looking down, he's nestling and he's waiting for them to make his voice. I don't know if it's possible, those in the booth. Can you bring Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 11 for us? It says, here we go, like an eagle that stirs in the nest, that flutters over its head, spreading its wing, catching them, bearing them on its pinions. God is like this eagle, and he's looking down, and he's saying, oh, I'm looking down for them to make this noise, to make this voice. If you don't mind, bring back my presentation, or I can do it here. I will do it. Oops. Here we go. Wouldn't it be amazing if we can, in essence, fill the bucket faster? There are two things that are important. Number one is, can we fill the bucket faster? Number two, what's going in into the bucket? What is going in into the bucket? Because there is a problem today with the bucket. A lot of prayers going to Israel. And if you think Jewish people do not pray, think again. When I go in Yom Kippur to Israel, we got up at 6 a.m. in the morning. We're finishing at 7 o'clock at night. And we've been 13 hours praying to God, praying Messiah coming, praying for God to forgive and atone us. And people pray with power. What is the problem with the way they are praying? There is nothing wrong with the way they are praying. There is rotting something wrong with the vessel. The water going in, but the water is also going out because the vessel is not fixed. There is something that is mid missing from the vessel. Messianic Judaism has a calling today to patch up 
Look with me at Isaiah chapter 58. Isaiah 58. Verse 12. If you don't mind, put it in English again. Isaiah 58. Verse 12. And look what it says. If you don't mind bringing it to us. He says, From you and from your ancient ruin shall be rebuilt. No, in Hebrew it says, And through you and from you an ancient ruin shall be rebuilt. And you will raise up the foundation of many generations. You shall be called the repairer of the breach. Messianic Judaism called to fix the bucket so the prayers of Israel will be captured, so the waters will remain full. We have two responsibilities. Number one, to fix the bridge, but number two, to make sure that what is going on here is going in a stronger power. Turn it on. So that's where the vision of the fullness coming in to be able to fill the bucket of the salvation of Israel faster. God has called us and commanded us to do it faster. And here's the thing. This is the way Israel has been praying the last 2,000 years. They didn't have the Siddur. They knew the prayers. Wouldn't it be amazing if we as the Gentiles the nation learn to pray like Israel. Now listen to me. People ask me the whole time the question. Is there something wrong with the way I pray? I pray the way I pray. What? God doesn't hear the, my prayer? God hears every prayer you pray. If you speak it in Chinese, if you speak it in Italian, Spanish, French, German, he hears every prayer. But there is one bucket, and this bucket called Israel. And there is one way that Israel pray. And if you want to impact Israel's salvation, you better put your prayers into Israel bucket. You following what I'm telling you? I'm not talking about your personal prayer life now. I am talking about something much more important. I am talking about the corporal prayer life that one should have. The corporal prayer life is, remember, and when Israel pray, they have to pray as a minion. We have what's called a minion. Minion is not the minions from the movie Despicable Me. Minion. Minyan is when 10 Jewish men gather together and they pray. And what is the concept beyond these 10 Jewish men gather together and pray? You need to pray that Beth Adonai will have 10 Jewish men who pray together. Because that's make it a legal Jewish assembly. And maybe you already have it. I don't know. But this is what we need to pray for. That's what make it legal. And a matter of fact, if you have, don't have a minion of Jewish people to pray, you cannot pray certain prayers. Now why is the stand is important? Because they represent all of Israel. In essence, when we go in the morning and we do shacharit, those minion represent all of Israel. That's called merit. We pray for the merit of all of Israel. 
And this is something I want you to understand here. The Gentiles are called to bring the Mary today to Israel. Why? So that Israel will become the nations of priests. And only people who will bring all the merit to the world. You follow what I'm saying? Israel is going to be nations of priests. So Israel needs to do their part. But before Israel can do their part, somebody needs to intercede for Israel. And that's what the Sidur represents. Now, here's the question. Can a Gentile pray to a Sidur and be counted as a minion? I said 10 Jewish men. I don't say 10 Jewish Gentiles. The 10 Gentiles. I said 10 Jewish men. Here is the thing that make it prophetic. One who pray through Yeshua as part of the house of Israel can fill the bucket called Israel without being halachically Jewish. This is an awesome thing. Can a Gentile pray as a Jew? Not only he can pray as a Jew, he's praying in a superpower because he's praying those knowing who is he praying to through the name of Yeshua. I would say that the prayer of a Gentile who pray like Israel through Messiah are even more powerful. What we are talking about here is putting the little faucet, the good drip, drop, drip, drop into the next level. Turn it on. Full power. And God is giving me this vision to bring not hundreds, not thousands, but tens of thousands of Gentiles who stand up to pray the Amidah. Pray the Shacharit. Oh, my brother here is not insulted when I tell you this morning but the Amidah this morning was not the full Amidah it's like you are uh, putting a few faucet drops if you do the Amidah do the Amidah brother it's only seven benediction don't do two don't shortchange God and don't shortchange the Jewish people now I'm going to be serious about this if we're going to be Messianic Jews and Messianic believers who truly believe in the salvation of Israel, let's pray like Israel. Let's not shortchange God here. We have a responsibility. Those of you in the room who are Jewish to teach the Gentile how to pray like Israel. Thanks God that this morning at least we did some liturgy. Sometimes I go to community. Shema Yisrael. Okay, that's it. Now we're going to Paul Wilbur. Hello. We didn't pray like all of Israel today. We sang a few happy songs and we feel pretty good about ourselves. But did we truly he prayed those prayers? And I want you to think about this next time that we do the liturgy. You are, yes, and standing in the gap for Israel. I see a lot of people really excited when we do Paul Wilbur. I don't see too many people excited when we do liturgies. Maybe we don't understand what it's mean. I told you that's going to be challenging today. Good. You're offended? Good. <laughs> because if we can just pray, just like Israel pray, through the power of Messiah and understand that every word and every prayer speaking about Messiah Yeshua. Yeah. 
who is encoded in this prayer, then guess what? We're going to turn this faucet and this bucket will become full and in that all of Israel will be saved. Look at what 2 Peter 3 says. It says, since everything is going to be destroyed like this, what kind of people should you be? You should lead holy and godly life as you wait for the day of the Lord and work to hasten His coming. I'm going to tell you the dirty secret this, have, uh, this evening. You can indeed hasten the coming of the Lord. Not because Rabbi Shapira said that. Second Peter told you that. But the way you do this is you need to fill this bucket. So those of you who are not Jews in the room, those of you who are not Jews who are watching me, I tell you, jump in. Jump in. If you ever remember when, when you went to swim, do you know how they teach you to swim in Israel? They take you in the third grade to a swimming pool. And they tell you, jump to the middle of the pool. And if you can float for five minutes, you're a dolphin. If you're sinking after two minutes, you call a sardine. And if you are, you are, you, you, you are uh, sinking right away, you call a shark. Well, I thought I knew how to swim, but I didn't. So I went to the shark group. Those are rookies. You know how they teach the rookies to swim in Israel? It's very, very simple. They put floaters on you initially. They take you to the diving board. Yeah, it looked like that. I remembered it. And the guy said, you see the water? And he put his leg and trip you. And he let you swing like a little puppy. That's the way we teach people how to swim in Israel. At least when I was a kid, I'm sure. I'm sure they upgraded their methods since then. <laughs> Friends, you cannot have one foot in the church. I'm going to be offending you today. You cannot say I'm going to have a one foot in the church and one uh, foot in Messiah. It's not going to work. For you, jump in. Here is the problem. Many people jump in without the life vest. And you know what ended up happening to them? Today, I had two, two guys coming to me here in the services. Two super Jews. The problem, the two super Jews were not Jews. They were Gentiles who become a wannabe Jews. Don't do that either. Make sure you have the right equipment so you don't sink in, okay? But I'm telling you something today. If you're called to the Messianic movement, you're called as a Messianic movement for one reason. To contribute something for the salvation of Israel. You're not coming here to receive. You're coming here to give. And what you're coming to give to Israel is the repair of the bucket and turning the faucet full power on to the power of your prayer. Israel needs your prayer. And you say, well, I pray for Israel. 
I said, that's great you pray for Israel. But to pray for Israel and to make it count, you need to learn to pray as Israel pray. So the question coming back, is it legalism? Is it not legalism? It's entirely irrelevant because it's not about you. It's about Israel's salvation. It is about God reuniting with Israel. Remember Joseph? I mentioned it this morning. But again, when Joseph revealed himself, the only question he asked is, Is my father alive? He wanted to see his dad, Yaakov, Israel. And Yeshua is looking for somebody today who will reconcile him. Just imagine how much power you have in your prayers. You see, Israel prayed those prayers. But they don't pray these prayers with Yeshua. That's why it's not that God does not hear the prayer. God hears the prayer, but they are drip, drop, drip, drop. You pray those prayers in the name of Yeshua, through the power of Yeshua, through the power of the Ruach HaKodesh, and you can watch fireworks happen in the supernatural. I was uh, three weeks ago in Colombia when we held the worldwide Shacharit. A guy from Chabad came in. He came into the synagogue and he, he saw us doing the full shacharit. He said, I got so angry. I wanted to punch somebody. And I said, what do you mean? Why you got so angry? He said, all those non-Jews, they daven better than me. I don't know. I love it, but it's making me angry too. It felt like I am in a synagogue. And I said, hey, what a concept. Where do you think Yeshua went to? First Baptist or first Methodist? <laughs> and that's now open the door to give this, this orthodox young man the good news. Praise God. You can and you will hasten. What is the connection between this power, firepower in your prayer to this Prayers. Let me, the Siddur to those prayers, let me take you through a couple of things. What is a Siddur, first of all? The word Siddur comes from the word Seder, like Passover Seder, okay? It means order. When God created heaven and earth, it says, Bereshit bara Elohim et v'taaretz. He took chaos and he brought order to it. There is an order to a Jewish prayer. Anybody know what is the order of the Jewish prayer look like? Let me ask you a question. The gospel. What is the message of the gospel? Can somebody tell me in one sentence? Kingdom. What? Kingdom. Who said kingdom? Very good. The message is not a salvation-centric message. Yeshua said, if one heard the good news about the kingdom and doesn't understand it, he will fall astray. The entire Jewish Siddur is about one thing. It's an order of, number one, entering a kingdom. Number two, coming before the king. Number three, acknowledge the king. And number four, bringing your petition before the king. 
The entire Sidur, write yourself in the note, is a picture of the kingdom of God. Isn't the gospel is a gospel of the kingdom? The entire Sidur, you see here the good news. What I want to tell you, except to the Bible, the greatest place to see Yeshua's message in the kingdom is in the Jewish prayer life. So a Sidur is a picture of the kingdom. When was it established? We already know that during the time the temple stood, some of these prayers were recited. How do we know it? Because Yeshua and his followers recited those prayers. <gasps> what? Yeshua said the Shema? We know he said the Shema because he's referring to the Shema. What about a portion of the Amida? Did Yeshua speak about the portion of the Amida? <gasps> I'm in shock. Let me tell you something, brother. If Yeshua was here today in our service, he would want you to do the full Amida for Shabbat because he spoke about the Amida in the New Testament. What about? Where is that in the scriptures? Well, Yeshua spoke about the Kaddish. I want you to understand that all of those prayers were part of Yeshua's life. Now those prayers admittedly might have slightly looked somewhat different in some degree. They didn't have Avat Olam Sidu and they would not open up and say, turn to page 37 for Avat Olam Sidu. That would not be possible. Please understand that even the concept of synagogue is something new. The only people who went to synagogue are the Pharisees. Sadducees never would go to synagogue. They rejected the concept of the synagogue. So which leads me to another important revelation that will shock many of you. Yeshua was a Pharisee. The fact that Yeshua walked into the synagogue proved to us that Yeshua was associated with the Pharisees. Not with the Sadducees, not with any other group. It is a way that Israel connected with Hashem during the temple service. For example, again, I'm going to refer to the Talmud, the historical document. It speaks about the Amidah. It's mentioned the Shema and it's mentioned specifically the Baruchu. Baruchu, they probably didn't think it like that. But the Baruchu is mentioned in the Talmud. So you can imagine that Yeshua during his time knew those prayers. Now who are those authors of those prayers? How many of you heard this before? Those rabbis came and they added to the Bible to put weight on the people. We have this notion that those prayers come because the people wanted, the, the rabbis wanted to add to, this, to, this, to the Bible. That's a false. We have to change it. You're thinking about Judaism as a whole. The way we view the oral interpretation of the Torah. We have to change this through the pages of history. This is important. Where did the oral Torah even came from? Well, some things were passed down from Moses. How do we know it? We know it because the Torah is not clear. God gave a mitzvah and doesn't tell us how to fulfill the mitzvah. 
So what kind of God will give us a mitzvah, okay, and will not tell us how to do it? Or something ambiguous. That means that the mitzvah is unattainable. Well, it also means that maybe he wants each one of us to interpret it differently. But God says, don't do that. Don't interpret, it each, interpret each according to their own eyes. Do not do that. That's exactly what God does not want us to do. So who came up with those, some of those prayers? How we got to oral interpretation of the scripture? I'm teaching you just a little bit of history because I think it's important. Please understand something. The things we call scriptures, I'll give you an example, one example, the book of Ezra, the book of Nehemiah, right? Do you consider Israel Nehemiah to be scriptures? We call it the scriptures. What if I tell you that some things that are written in Ezra, in Nehemiah, as scriptures, are things that they say that Moses commanded us to do, that Moses never commanded us to do? It's in the Bible. They said Moses told us to do ABC, but when you go to Moses, Moses never says to do ABC. Does that mean that Ezra and Nehemiah lied to us? No, not at all. Please understand Israel returning from exile. When they returned from exile, Israel forgot what it means to be Jewish. We lost, we got assimilated. And much of our practice of Judaism has been lost. That's why Ezra, Nehemiah, Mordecai, and several others that we consider heroes of the faith, come out with what we know as Takanot. Takanot, or sometimes called Takanot de Rabbanan. A way to interpret it, so the word Takanot comes from the word Tikkun, which means to fix something. What do you mean to fix something? If something is broken? It's not an issue if something is broken. Any interpretation, an oral interpretation that has been passed down, is passed down for one reason, to bring the people back to Torah. That's the reason. To bring and draw the people back to the Torah because they forgot the Torah. So the ultimate goal of the oral interpretation, and I'm not talking about the modern oral, I'm talking the oral interpretation before the time of Yeshua, is for one purpose, to strengthen the Torah within the house of Israel. And it's interpreted, you know, of course the baseline, is Moses. Let me make this statement that I want you to take with you. If one does not believe there is an oral interpretation of the Torah, he rejects Judaism as a system, and by default, he rejects the historical Yeshua. The question you need to ask yourself this. Did Yeshua himself adopted himself to oral interpretation of the Torah? In essence, did Yeshua accept oral Torah? And the answer is unequivocally, yes, yes, yes. From the word of Yeshua. I don't even know why as Messianic Jews we reject today oral interpretation. 
Because we look at that through the lens of rabbis who hated the Messiah. Don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Here is a few examples of things you are aware of, some you are not aware of. I'll give you a small list. Declaration of the Torah by Ezra, chapter Nehemiah, chapter 8. Prohibition against mixed marriages. Editing of the prophets of Ezekiel, Daniel, Esther, and the 12 prophets of Israel all happened by a group of men that is known by the name the Men of the Great Assembly. This is 120 Jewish people who established what's later become the Sanhedrin as we know it. And they are coming together... To strengthen the Torah among the house of Israel. Prohibition and buying and selling on the Shabbat. How many of you heard that one before? Well, where is that in the Torah? Can somebody give me the reference for that? It does not exist. Ezra and Nehemiah speak about against buying and selling in the Torah. But it does not give it. In any way, in any shape, in any form. It's passed orally. And a matter of fact, is the way... The Oral Torah, the very first tractate dating before Yeshua's time, start. Moses received the Torah from, Torah from Sinai and transmitted it to Joshua. Joshua to the elders, elders to the prophet, prophet transmitted to the men of great assembly. And they said three things. Be deliberate in judgment, rise, rise, raise up many disciples and make offense for the Torah. Do you notice the third thing? Make offense to the Torah. The reason we have oral interpretation today is to make offense for the Torah. That's why the rabbis say, study Torah, but don't study it too much. Now that sounds crazy. What do you mean? Study, but not too much? Here is what the next verse says. It says, when you study Torah, make sure you study it on the knees of somebody who is older than you in the faith. Do you understand what they mean? Don't go and don't interpret it your own way. Because if you interpret it outside of the house of Israel, you are going... We're not talking about prophecy. We're talking about things of halakha. You are, my, you are, you, you are going to end up in the wrong places. So it's used the word here, masar and kabbalah. That's where we get the word of kabbalah from. Don't think kabbalah is a bad word. It's not. It's to pass. It's to transmit. So what was actually transmitted down from Moses is the word Masoret. And here is where we have the problem. In English, the word Masoret is translated as the word tradition. But that's not what Masoret means. Masoret means to pass down. So when we read about the tradition of the elders, right? When Yeshua rebuke the tradition of the elders... Do you know that the Talmud also rebuke the tradition of the elders? Wait a second, isn't the Talmud his the tradition of the elders? No. We are confusing the things that is passed down from Moses all the way down, verbally and orally, and the things that were developed during the time of Yeshua. They are not the same things. 
Masoret means to pass down and look what was passed down to Israel. Masoret is a culture and system that includes ritual, opinion, values, and set of cultural behavior that is passed from generation to generation in a group or in a society. The group is acting upon the Masoret inwardly and outwardly. Your job today is to learn the Masoret of the house of Israel. That is your greatest obstacle as Gentiles today. Not to learn the mechanics, but to learn the things that are passed inwardly and outwardly. And I'll be honest with you, I'm not going to lie to you and I'm going to tell you, it's going to take at least a generation. For those of you who have children, if you start now, more than likely your children will be fully immersed in this. That's why I say start with the little one. Start with them when they are young. That's when you pass the tradition, the Masoret. Again, I use the word the tradition here, but Masoret means to pass down. Pass it down now. Because when you're older, it's much more difficult to do this. Okay? Pass it down to somebody, knowledge is much easier than passing to some, down to somebody a Masoret. Okay? So I want you to truly think about this are you willing to do this so who are the men of this greatest and they are the greatest greatest men 120 men upon our people and here is some of the things let me see if i put it for you maybe i did not put it to you but here is, is some of the things that they already i mentioned some of them but the other things that they done is during the time of the hashmonaim the hashmonaim they're the one that set the statutes how to live as a Jew under oppression, under persecution, okay? And what we call the Bible was canonized by this man. Ezekiel, the 12 minor tribes of Israel, the book of Daniel, and the book of Esther. All was canonized by those men who has given us the oral interpretation. Now, do you think those are biblical books? Do you like the book of Esther? Do you like the book of Daniel? So, if it is true that we had those men, did this man mentioned anywhere in the scripture? This man of the great assembly? And the answer is yes. We see many, many mentions of them in the text. I'll give you a couple of examples. Let me see if I can. This is so small, I cannot read it. Oy vey. I don't know, this thing is uh, stuck. Maybe Judy can help me here. Oh, it's moving. Okay. It's moving. Hold on a second, here we go. Look what it says actually. In the Talmud, it says, Jeremiah wrote his own book, and the book of Kings, Lamentation, Hezekiah, and his colleagues, okay, wrote the following, okay? And they said, look, it says, Yod, Mem, Shin, Kuf, Isaiah, Proverbs, Mishlei, the Song of Song, all of those things, and they give them the alphabetical, the Teltropic, Daniel, and the score of it. This is an historic documentation. To tell you how we got to the Bible that we got to. This is how we ended up with the Bible 
that we have today. Okay, this is very important. This is not where I wanted to be, though. Just a second. Can I? Maybe somebody, Judy, I'm having a difficulties. Oh, we don't want to talk about this. We jump. Help, Judy. Help, Judy. Can I see it like big screen, or I need magnifying glass? Thank you very much. Just a moment, momentarily, I will be with you. Can we give a hand for Judy that is still running around? <laughs> Judy, I'm casting demon out of this thing. It's called the demon of Apple. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of PC. It's power to all who believe. Ah, that's what you press there. Bravo, bravo, bravo. Thank you, Judy. If you wouldn't be the crazy rabbi and like no, no, this throw is, the hands everywhere. This is the wrong one, though. Decoding the Sador. No, this is not the decoding. This is number one. Hekrana. Technology. Hey, yay. Could you keep the fingers from going everywhere? Yes, yes, I'll try, I'll try. Here we go. Praise be what to God. What slide are you on? Here we go. Out of how many? I, I don't know. Here we go. And you thought you were going to do this in how long? Uh, ten, ten minutes. We're almost done. We just started. How many slides do you have? Like about four. Listen, this thing needs to be cast a demon. Look, look at this. Look at, look at this! Because you keep flipping it. Okay, put it here. Remember, he's the flipping rabbi, you're not. That's true, that is true. Put it there, I will not touch this. Okay. Okay, it's, it's made so if you do it that way, it ah. rotates. Okay. Okay, it okay. rotates. Look, look. So if you move it, it's going to rotate. Look, I'm not touching it. Sheesh, this thing is touching. <laughs> Think of it as a female, it's temperamental. Okay. <laughs> Look with me at Ezra chapter 12, 31. 31. I had the officers of Judah, Judah go up onto the wall, and I appointed two large thanksgiving and procession. One marched south on the wall to the Dungate. You notice here the text mentioned. These officers of Judah. Who were those officers of Judah? We see three mentions of the officers of Judah in the book of Ezra and Nehemiah. Those guys are the men of the great assembly. Okay, we see it again and again. So what is the connection? This is the question we have to ask ourselves between Yeshua our messianic faith and the prayers that we're about to talk about. We're just going to talk about a few prayers here. And I will say this, much in every way. In each one of the prayers here in the book, you're going to read the commentary that pointed to two things. Either pointing it to the Messiah or pointing it to the last days or pointing it to the New Testament in one shape or another. Let's do a couple of prayers as we decode the Jewish Siddur. Let's look at a few prayers together, okay? 
and I'm sorry, it's in Spanish. Don't ask me why it's in Spanish, but it is in Spanish. But it's the Adon Olam prayer. How many of you know the Adon Olam? Adon Olam Asher Malach Beterem Kol Yetzir Nivra Let Nasa Bechefzo Kol Azai Mele Shemonika Veachare Kichlot Akol Levado Imloch Nora Vehu Aya Vehu Ove Vehu Iye how many of you know that? We're not going to sing the entire song. When do we do the Adonolam? Every day. The Sephardim pray the Adonolam when they wake up in the morning. And the question, what is the Adonolam has to do with Messiah Yeshua and our messianic faith. I know you cannot see it now, but when you open your Siddur, especially into the Ashkenazi version, the last verse is missing. Before we talk about the last verse, can somebody tell me what's the point of the Adonolam prayer? What is the point? Master of the universe, what is the point of this prayer? Anybody knows? You all know how to sing it, but what does it mean? What does it have to do with the coming of Mashiach? Anybody? Well, it has to do much in every way with the coming of the Messiah. First of all, what is the theme of the prayer? The theme of the prayer has to do with one word. Resurrection. Look what we say in the prayer. In his hand I will lay upon my spirit when I sleep and when I am awake. Okay? Now why do I say in my hand I lay upon my spirit when I sleep and when I am awake? Because Judaism teaches us that when we go to sleep, the body and the spirit are separating. A person is in a clinical death state when he goes to bed. But when he wakes up, God put the two together and he resurrects the person from the dead. Now it's talking here about a personal resurrection. There is a roadmap here for the corporate resurrection of the household of Israel. The last verse in the prayer read, and I quote, Bemigdasho, and you see it only in the Sephardic version. Bemigdasho, in his store, in, uh, uh, it's have the wrong verse here. It says, In his temple, my soul will rejoice. Our Messiah will be sent speedily. And then we will sing in the temple. And what we will sing in the temple? One thing we will sing. Amen, amen, Shema Nora. We will learn how to pronounce God's name. 
the Messiah will teach us how to pronounce God's name in this day. It's not going to be by the Hebrew roots. Tell us we all have to say Yahweh. It's above their pay job, pay grade. It is going to be the Messiah who is going to be standing in the temple and he's going to teach us how to pronounce God's name. Which means, number one, the temple has been established. Number two, the salvation of Israel has been taking place. But how did those things happen? It's happened through a person, personal, personal resurrection. Because remember what step one in the prayer is? I am separated and I am coming back. I am a new creation in Messiah. And I pray that through my personal salvation, through my personal resurrection, a corporal resurrection come to Israel. We have two different types of redemption. A personal redemption and a corporal redemption. And what the prayer of the Aldonolam teaches us is not only that Messiah will complete the corporal resurrection of all of Israel, the personal resurrection of each and every one of us bring a, a, a road, a path for the corporal salvation of Israel. You will never sing the Adonolam the same way again. Because you know now what the Adonolam is about. My personal resurrection. The fact, you know what we said before the Adonolam, the Modani. That you have taken me and you resurrected me from the dead. Because when a person goes to sleep, God is waking him up. And look what it says. Amen, amen, Shemanorah. This is the days of Zephaniah, the prophesied in. Everybody speak Hebrew. We learn another amazing things from the prayer. Nobody speak Espanol or Italian or English or any other crazy tongue language. Everybody speak one language. And the language everybody speak is Hebrew. They learn the name of the Father. Zachariah says, In that day, the Lord will be one, as His name will be one. This is amazing. Let's take another one. So, let me take one more prayer. Yes. How many prayers? What's the question? How many prayers should we say? Oh, in the morning. So listen, this is the Shabbat book, but we're working on the weekday. By next year, we will release the weekday. Okay? We will release the weekday. By next week, okay? Let's look at another one. What about this one? Listen to this prayer, Nishmat Kol Chai, those who have the Siddur, found in page 23. And here is the way it's stated. I think it's 23. Yeah, 23. It started in 21, I'm sorry. Listen just to the first two lines of Nishmat Kol Chai. The soul of every living thing, this is such an important prayer, it's recited on Shabbat and also on a weekday. 
The soul of every living thing will bless your name, Adonai our God, and the spirit of all flesh will glorify and exalt your memory eternally, our King, from eternity to eternity, you are God. Who knows who wrote this prayer? This prayer, by Jewish tradition, a prayer that every Jew in the world recites every day, is a prayer that is written by Simon Peter. No, let me say it again. I don't think you heard what I said. The prayer nishmat kol chai by Jewish tradition written by Simon Peter. The prayer have five verses. Shochenad, midme, adhine azanu, veilupina, nishmat cholan. There is no king except you. And could it be that Israel prayed this prayer that is written by Simon Peter, the same Simon Peter of the New Testament? Yes, ladies and gentlemen. And the king that he wrote it about is none other than Yeshua. That is exactly what I'm telling you. If you take the prayer and you take an acrostic of each verse, Shin, Mem, Ein, Vav, Nun, you even have the author name embedded into the prayer, as in his name is Simon Peter, which revealing to us a shocking truth. Next year, I will have the book called Rabbi Simon Bariona released to the public, where I recite every prayer inside the normative Judaism that is written by Simon Peter. Do you know how many prayers have been written by Simon Peter, roughly? How about if I tell you most of Yom Kippur Seder is written by Simon Peter? I have all the prayers. And not from Rabbi Shapira making it up from the most authorized, ultra-Orthodox Jewish sources that say that we fast on the ninth of Tevet even for Simon Peter because he's considered a great, great man inside the house of Israel. If you want to know the story behind Simon Peter next year, I'll have the book out for you. But I want you to think about this, that the prayer Israel is praying today is a prayer that's written by the authors of the New Testament. It's almost difficult to believe. But everything is there right under our mouths. And lips and eyes. In the Sidhu, I gave you some of the references. To think that Israel pray, pray in the prayer that's written by Simon Peter, it sounds science fiction. But it's the truth. How much more we as Messianic believers need to learn those prayers. I cannot believe that we still have the CDs left. The CDs have the melodies. So you can learn how to sing the prayers of the word by Simon Peter. Make sure you get the CD so you can learn those things. What about this one? 
אדוני שפתי תפתח ופייגי תהילתך ברוך אתה אדוני אלוהינו ואלוהי אבותינו אלוהי אברהם אלוהי יצחק אלוהי יעקב האל הגדול הגיבור והנורא אל עליון גומל חסדים טובים וקוני הכל וזוכה חסדי אבות ומביא גואל לבני בניהם למען שמו באהבה מלך עוזר מושיע ומגן מלך עוזר ומושיע Who is this prayer written about? What is this prayer? Where is this prayer from? Is the first benediction of walking into the court house of the king? The very, very first prayer. It's called the Avot, which is the section, the first benediction of the Amidah. Now please tell me something. What is the theme of the Avot? Look at the words. I mean, you don't have the words because they're in Spanish. But if you are to have the words, you should have it in your book. Most of you have the Siddur in your hand. Blessed are you, King of Abraham, Isaac, the God of God of our Father, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the good God, the mighty. Lear, I'll read it to you. Oh, you, dummy. Page. Sorry, I have it in Spanish. I forgot. Last time I teach it, I teach in Spanish. Here you go. Blessed are you, Adonai, our God. Page 36. Blessed are you, Adonai, our God, God of our fathers, God of Abraham, God of Isaac, God of Jacob, the great God, mighty and awesome, God most high, who bestowed good kindness and purchases all, who remembers the kindness of the patriarchs and bring a redeemer to the children's children for the sake of his name in love. What is the theme of the prayer, beloved? No. Who bring a redeemer? This entire prayer has have to deal with one word. Who mevi goel Most people recite it. I, I was paying attention this morning in the services in, in Beta Donai. You guys were singing. Nobody was even singing it. The chazan was singing it and nobody was singing it with the chazan. And if you were singing it, you clearly did not understand what this prayer is about. That's part of the standing prayer. So question number one. Did Yeshua partake of the standing prayer? Was the standing prayer important to Yeshua? Really? How do we know this? Well, let's see. Maybe Yeshua mentioned Amidah in Mark chapter 11, verse 25. Yeshua speaking Amidah and he said, When you stand up, he is referring to the Amidah prayer. And Yeshua actually validated the prayer. And he says, not only that, if you have anything against anyone, forgive them. So that your heavenly Father in heaven will forgive you. This prayer was so important to Yeshua that Yeshua says, when you, before you mess around with Amidah, before you recite a portion of this standing prayer, you make sure you forgive your brother. You understand something? Yeshua referring to the Amidah prayer in his own words. So let's go back for a second to the prayer and understand what this prayer is about. Blessed are you, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And what you are doing, what is he doing according to the prayer? Gomel chasadim tovim. Lance, do you understand this prayer? Do you understand what this prayer is about? 
Yeah, you, you should better be. You just graduated. Do you understand this prayer? Come up here and tell me what this prayer is about. Consider it your final exam. You better give me a good answer or I take your, 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 your certificate away. Lens, lens, lens. What is this prayer? Can you explain to us this prayer? Yes, the, uh, the Amidah, uh, the Avot portion of the prayer is about the, the, the God is bringing his Messiah through the merit of the fathers. And, and continue. Why does he say and purchase all? Who is he talking about when he's saying and purchase he's he goal? He's talking about the Messiah. The one no, the you just failed this uh, exam. No, Abraham, Abraham is the purchaser oh. between, I'm sorry. Abraham is the purchaser between heaven and earth when it's at the point of the... When uh, did we see this term? Again, it's found in the scripture. When, when Abraham met Melchizedek, remember what he says? Yes, he, he comes to him and he says, uh, Abraham... Blessed are you, blessed Abraham. Abraham. How is the prayer started? Uh, blessed. blessed how, is the, how is the prayer ended? Uh, ending? Uh, Bless is the only prayer that starts with bless and ends with bless. Yes. Baruch and Baruch, yes. right? So, what is he telling Abraham, Lance? He's telling Abraham that he's the connector between heaven and earth. Remember what happened? Lot was captured. He went and redeemed him. That is the source of this prayer. I want you to think about this. He went and redeemed him, and then he met Malkitzedek. And he's giving bread and wine and they do a kiddush together and then he says to him blessed are you abraham just what the prayer says who purchaser who purchaser of heaven and earth who did he purchase he purchased he purchased lot he went all the way to how do we bring the redeemer to the world we become we come uh, a guarantor for our brother exactly the entire prayer is a prayer that says if we want to see the Redeemer come from heaven, we become the Redeemers of one another. You see, understand what this prayer is about? When you say, Baruch Adonai, you are committed to do what Abraham did and redeem and become a Messiah for your brother. You passed to a degree. All about Aravut in Yeshivat Shuvu. Yeah, yeah. And a little more, right? Aravut. Yeah. You see now, how is this prayer take a different dimension? This prayer gives us a roadmap for the entire redemption. That's why Yeshua says in Acts chapter 1 verse 6, He says to the Talmudim, don't look to the heavens. Look around. Not Yeshua, the two angels. Remember that when Yeshua is ascending up to heaven, he said, Men of Galilee, why is your eyes to the heaven? Look around. The Geula come through our own actions. And look at this. What is how is the prayer start? Baruch. How is the prayer end? Baruch. What is the word Baruch mean? Baruch comes from the Hebrew, the root word Berech. Berech means to bow. Berech means to kneel. Berech kneel means Baruch, Bricha, speaking about knee. But the word Baruch means to be grafted in. What is a Jew asking three times a day from God? A Jew. Graft me back into the house of Israel. 
Even a Jew asking God to grafting him back home. And how does God graft you and I back? By you going to become the Messiah over somebody else. Are you following what I'm saying? Amen? That's called in Hebrew. Here you go. If you wanted the reference of the prayer. Again, those prayers found in the scripture. Here we go. And King Malchizedek of Salem brought out the bread and the wine. He was the priest of God most high. He blessed him saying, Baruch Avraham. That's what he said to him. Who purchases heaven and earth. If you want to know what the source of the prayer, it is in the scripture. If we want to see a geula coming from the vertical, the message of of our prayers is let's focus on the horizontal. That's why I say it. And now I hope you see it. The kingdom of God built upon relationships. Not upon theology. Not upon theology. This is very, very important. That's why, listen to what Yeshua saying here. Remember, he risked his life. He went all the way up to Dan. And he risked his life to, came to become the Messiah to to Lot. And this is the message of the prayer of the last days for us. If we want to see Mashiach coming from the heavens, let's be Messiahs to one another. Look at what Yeshua says in Yohanan 15.13. No one has greater love than a person who lays down his life for his own friend. Yeshua capture the art of the Amidah prayer of their vote section. Everybody understand this now? And of course, in the Sidur, I give you much more commentary. I just give you a few examples and highlight. So I want you to think about those things as you move forward. And this idea that one lays life for his other and become a Messiah to another is, is a big principle in Judaism. For example, let's look at the life of Miriam. And it says, Rabbi Ami says, why is the Torah portion described the death of Mir Miriam uh, just posted to the, to the portion dealing with the red heifer? To tell you, just as the, the red heifer atoned for sin, so too the death of a righteous person atoned for the sins of of, of the community. Rabbi Elazar said, Why is the Torah portion described the death of Aaron? Just brought to the portion discussing the priestly garment to teach us that just as the priestly garment atones for sin, so is the death of the righteous atones for sin. When a, when a tzaddik willing to lay his life to his brother, he's bring atonement to the community. And that's what the Amida prayer says. Through the merit and the sacrifice of Abraham, you and I receive this and reap this reward. Okay? Let's, let's look at another example. This is a good one. The disciples come to Yeshua and they ask Yeshua, and I'm just kind of picking... Uh, a couple of examples. What about this one? They come to Yeshua and they ask him, Yeshua, teach us how to pray in the book of Matthew. And I want you to pay attention to the word of Yeshua and the connection to the prayer of the Kaddish. The prayer of the Kaddish is a morning prayer. We say, goes like that, It gadal ve'it kadash it's a morning for the dead. 
It's what it's appear. But it's not. This is not what the point of the Kaddish is at all. Did Yeshua pray the Kaddish? Look at this. Look what Yeshua says. And when you pray, don't babble on and on like a pagans who think God will hear them better if they talk a lot. Don't be like them because your fathers know what you need before you ask him in in front instead you pray our father who is in heaven may your name be kept holy may your kingdom come and may your will be done as it is in heaven i did this little chart for you i hope you will be able to see it here is the Aramaic words of, Yesh of Yeshua. Yeshua in Luke, Matthew 6, and Yeshua in Luke 11, and the Kaddish. Well, how is the words of the prayer start? Which means what? May his name grow and exalted and will be sanctified. What is the word of Yeshua? May, what is your name? Our Father, may your name be kept holy. The word of Yeshua actually represents the oldest form of Kaddish that we know of. I want to say it again. Yeshua word in Matthew represent the oldest form of Kaddish that you can find in Jewish literature. This is incredible to think about this. It's going beyond any other Jewish literature. The only closest thing we have to Yeshua is in the second century. And we see that the Kaddish was used. So some people will say, well, how would Yeshua know the Kaddish? The Kaddish was not instituted. Not true. Because it, we read again in the Talmud that they already knew the Kaddish during the time of Yeshua. So Yeshua said, if you want to learn how to pray, learn to say the Kaddish the way that I teach you to say it. Which talking about the coming of the kingdom and the coming of the king. Look at that. It was taught in a baraita that Rabbi Yossi said. Hey Rabbi Yossi, it's talking about you. I was once walking along the road when I entered the ruins of an old abandoned building. Among the ruins of Yerushalayim in order to pray. I noticed that Eliyahu, blessed memory, came and guarded the entrance and waited at the entrance until I finished my prayer. When I finished the prayers... Praying and exited the ruin. Elijah said to me, differentially, as one would address a rabbi, greeting to you, my rabbi. I answered to him, greeting to you, my rabbi, my teacher. And Elijah said to me, my son, why did you enter this ruin? I said to him, in order to pray. And Elijah said to me, you should have prayed on the road. And I said to him, I was unable to pray on the road because I was afraid that it might be interrupted by the traveler who would be unable to focus. Elijah said to me, you should have been a, 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 a recited the abbreviated prayer institute for such uh, circumstances. What is the word for the abbreviated prayer? The Kaddish. We see the Kaddish already mentioned during the time of Yeshua. Please understand something. When you learn to pray like that, you learn to pray as Yeshua and the entire house of Israel.
It should not be a surprise to you. Look at how Rabbi Yossi concluded. Rabbi Yossi concluded that this time from the brief exchange. I learned from these three things. I learned the way that, that one may not enter a ruin. And I learned that, that one need not enter the building to pray. But he may pray along the road. And I learned that one who prays along the road recite the Kaddish. So that he may maintain his focus. Please understand when Yeshua is speaking to his Talmidim, he is not speaking something outside, outside this. And look how the prayer continues. It's not ending there. It's, it's a beautiful con con conclusion. And after this introduction, Elijah said to me, What voice did you hear in the ruin? I responded, and I heard a voice, the heavenly voice, like an echo of the roar of the Holy One. Blessed be He! Cooing like a dove and saying, Woe to the children, do to us, since I destroyed my house, burned my, my temple, and exiled them among the nations. And Elijah said to me, By your life and by your head, not only did the voice cry out in the moment, but it cried out three times each and every day. Moreover, any time that God greatness is invoked, such as when Israel enters synagogue and study all in there. Kaddish prayer, may his name, great name be blessed. The Holy One blesses he. Isn't that the word of Yeshua? Word for word. Shake his hand and sing. Happy is a king who does praise in his house. This is the prayer of the kingdom. The Kaddish is not the prayer for the morning. It's not the prayer for the dead. It's the prayer for the kingdom of God. Yeshua prayed the Kaddish. Yeshua did not only knew the Kaddish, the New Testament is the greatest Jewish book because we see in it a mention of the earliest Jewish prayers in the first century. You don't find it in any other rabbinic literature at the New Testament and only then, 200 years later, in the Talmud. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? This is exciting. I don't know if I, I'm the only one who is excited by this. But Yeshua prayed the Amida. He prayed the Kaddish. He said the Shema. Okay, let's go. We have time for one more example. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Maybe not. Do we have? Do you want to do one more example? Yes. You sure? Okay, we'll do one more example. Let's do quickly. One last example. Here we go. And of course, there are hundreds of them. They're all pointing the way to Yeshua. Psalm 147. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, there, there, is, there is something you need to know about the Sidhu. There is a portion of the Sidhu that goes from Psalm 135 to one, uh, Psalm 150. That's called Psukei de Zimra. Before we enter his courts, before we come into him, we are praising him. So this is very different about Jewish prayer than a non-Jewish prayer. In a Jewish prayer, the very first thing you do is you praise the king. You don't bring your petition, you exalt him. So that's what the Psukei de Zimra is. We're not coming to him with our schmaltz and our kvetching before him. The very first thing we do is, and that's why you see Psalm 135 to 140, 150, we are exalting his name. That's the way Jewish prayer works, because we're entering his court. So let's go to 
page. Oh, very good, very good. No, it's not page 12. It's going to be page 19. No. No, 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 no. Actually, it's a 147. It's a, it's a, no, 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 no. No, this is the wrong song. Hold on, I put the wrong title. Yeah, I'm sorry. 47 is page 18. Hallelujah. It is good to make music to our God. For praise is pleasant and fitting. Adonai built Jerusalem. He will gather the outcasts of Israel. He healed the broken in art and bandaged their sorrows. He numbers the stars and he assigned a name to each. Great is our Lord and abundant in strength. His understanding is beyond calculation. Adonai encouraged the humble. He lowered the wicked to the dust. Call out thanks to Adonai. Sing to our God with our harp. He covered the heavens in clouds, preparing rains for the earth. He makes grass sprout on the mountains. He gives food to the beast, to a beast, to young raven that cry out. He does not pleasure in the strength of a horse, nor desire the calves of a man. Adonai desire those who fear him. Adonai who fear him, those who yearn for his kindness. Do you notice what the verse, the text says here? What does this verse says? He says, sing out to Adonai with a harp. This is very important. The word here, harp, is not a regular harp. It's talking about a kinor. Please understand that this is a messianic verse. He's speaking about the future. This verse is speaking about the future. Psalm 6 1 speaking about Lamenatseach Bashminit to the victorious, to the conductor of the eight. That's what it says. He's talking about the harp. And notice that it is not a regular harp. It is a harp that makes out of eight strings. Why is the harp made up of eight strings? This is important that we understand this. It is talking about, uh, 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 if you think about musical note, you're talking about A, B, C, D, E, F, G. There is seven musical notes. But when he's talking here about a harp, he's talking about a different kind of harp. Now let me connect to you this verse to the book of Revelation. In the book of Revelation, he said that in Revelation, when Messiah come, what he give us? Yeah, but what else he give us? He give you a harp! That's what it says in Revelation. He's giving you a harp. Learn the Bible. He's giving you a harp, and the harp have eight strings. King David play harp. Now what is special about this harp? When we receive the harp, 
Mashiach give us a harp with eight, eight notes. It's a missing note today from the world. And there will be a magical note that when we play, the world becomes the new heaven and the new earth. That is exciting to know that God is going to give each and every one of you a harp because you are going to become part of the worship team of Messiah. Messiah himself. That's why this is a song about the future where every time we see the word harp mentioned, it's not talking about a regular. It is talking about the song of Moses. You want to know what song are you singing here? The song of Moses. The song of Moses is going to be sang supernaturally. Why do you think it says when we sing a song of Moses, what he see in the vision? He said, I see in the vision. He said, I see a sea of glass. Let me ask you a question. When Israel sang the song, the first song, what was parted? The sea. What does he see in the vision in the book of Revelation? A sea of glass. Because the song of Moses was the rehearsal for the future song. And what will be different about this new future song? It says so in the book of Revelation. That he will hand us this violin. So what he won't happen when we hear the song of Moses? Here is what's going to happen. It's going to go like this. Hallelujah. Kitov. Zimrat Eloheinu, Kinaim Yerushalayim Adonai. He's going to reestablish Jerusalem. I want to explain to you what this song is saying. The believers, remember Israel just finished Gog and Magog, and we get the harps, and as we play the harp, the very first thing he's going to do, he has established Jerusalem again. As we play, the rabbis teach us that, that the new Jerusalem coming down from heaven as we play. So you see, when we read this psalm, we are having a messianic expectation. Bonei Yerushalayim, Adonai, Nitre Israel, he will gather all the exiles of Israel. He will heal every broken heart in Israel. And this day, the morning will turn into a dance. This is all the promises that everything he will do. He will put uh, bandages on every place of sadness in the house of Israel. He will assign a star to each and every one from the house of Israel. You realize that? Each one of us who have been physically or been grafted in will have a star after our name. Isn't that amazing? Look at all this present. He gave a name for every star and each one of us receive a star for our name. He will raise the meek. He will destroy wickedness. How is it going to happen? You and I have a little violin in our hand. Just like King David play a harp and we play his harp. Go to Revelation. Actually, let's look at that quickly in conclusion. Revelation chapter 15. Revelation chapter 15. No, no, I'm sorry. Revelation 20. I say 15? No, I didn't mean 15. It is 15. Was I right when I say 15? Okay, it's Revelation 15. 
What verse? No. Revelation. Here we go. Here we go. Revelation 15. And I will see a sea like a glass. Because the rehearsal of the parting of the Red Sea is taking place already. This is the real thing right now. And look what it says. And they're going to overcome the beast. Okay, this is Gog and Magog. The conclusion of Gog and Magog. Okay, and they stand upon the seed like the children of Israel standing you and I are standing remember we stop time he raptured you to Israel and what is in your hand what is the text says is harp what is the text is speaking about here sing to the lord with the harp it is about the future and everything that god is going to achieve through his bride in the future Praise be to God. This Sidur have many, many promises for all of us. Every one of this prayer have hope and expectation with the coming of the Messiah. Who is ready to learn to pray like the house of Israel? Let me pray for you that you will receive this gift as a community. And all watch us. And I wish I could take, I could take the rest of this evening till 1 a.m. in the morning. Take you through each and every one of those beautiful prayers. Connected to the New Testament, to the coming of the Messiah. I'll take a pick, uh, questions from all of you in a second, but uh, for a few minutes. But let me close in prayer. Thank you for the people in the house of Israel, the men of the great assembly, and those who came after there and taught about those prayers, about the psalmists about the word of Moses and the prophets and the Torah are all finding the way that each and every one of us can fill the bucket of Israel again. So the fullness will come upon the house of Israel. So Lord, we don't want the old, we want the new today. Just like it says in the end of the Psuche de Zimra, Shiru Adonai Shir Chadash. Sing to the Lord a new song. Teach us how to, 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 to sing the song of Israel. The old songs with the newness of Messiah as we recite them. So that the bucket will be full and no water will spill us. And the fullness will come upon the house of Israel again. And in that all of Israel will be saved. Release upon us today, upon all who watch online, the gift. It's more a gift than learning a few prayers, but it's a gift of truly engrafting ourselves and knowing that each and every one of us can impact the salvation of Israel through our prayer life. We repent, Lord, for filling other buckets. We want to fill the buckets of the house of Israel. Teach us how to do this. Send us teachers, cantors, rabbis, prophets who will guide us through this directory. Thank you, Lord, that we're learning new musical instrument today. It says in Song of Songs, raise your voice. We will raise our voice 
as messianic believers. You will prepare us for the new instrument with this heavenly note that will help us with Messiah to complete the song of Moses. Thank you, Lord, for preparing us for this violin. Thank you, Lord, when we pray that we die again, we will not be casual in the liturgy. And when we stand, as Yeshua said, we will forgive those we need to forgive. Thank you, Lord, for the Adon Olam, that you are returning us to a pure language. Thank you, Lord, for each one of those prayers who give us the roadmap for the salvation of Israel. And to the coming of the Mashiach. I pray that you release the gift upon us today. And upon the entire body of Messiah. I pray you use the Sidhu to awaken our hearts. To know just how much we can do today. As Messianic believers. To indirectly and directly affect the salvation of Israel. In the name of Yeshua. Release this gift upon us. Amen and amen. Amen. Praise be to God. Are there any questions?